Hello and welcome to another episode of Healing Through Pain, a podcast dedicated to the mission of walking people towards healing and health. In each new episode, we will discuss how to show up well for the responsibilities and opportunities that life sends our way. Here is your host, Stephanie West, a licensed practicing counselor in the state of Michigan, a teacher, and a professor who lives her life at the intersection of mental health and education. Thanks so much for following along. Welcome back to a new episode. So when you're hearing this, um, if you're listening kind of in real time when the episode is launched, I would be in Greece right now, which is just incredibly exciting for me. Now, as I'm recording this, the only thing that's standing between me and a trip to Greece is a negative COVID test. So if you're familiar, you know, with flying internationally right now and probably still to flying domestic, you have to, within about a 24-hour window, demonstrate that you are not COVID positive. And I can't take the test for, at the time of recording, another 24 hours here. And so there's this kind of dis-ease going on in the back of my brain, a little bit of that worry of, well, what if it's a, what if it's a positive. What does that mean? And one of the things I want to talk about today, oh, there's there's another piece to this story. I also ordered a piece of carry-on luggage for my trip, and I ordered it a week ago. I ordered it through Amazon Prime, and it was Prime Delivery, and it should have been here a while ago. And I just got the email that said it may or may not be delivered in the next two days here. So if it gets delivered tomorrow, we're still square. If it gets delivered the next day, it's effectively lost any sort of use it has to me. And so I also have a little bit of a sense of dis-ease with that as well. Now, I'll figure out what that means because that's something I do have a solution for. I can go ahead and go out and buy luggage tomorrow. And if the new luggage shows up, I can you know have a choice of which one to use. But the... COVID test, that's not something I have a solution for. If it is a positive test, I'm going to have to figure out what it means to cancel a dream trip, and I'm going to have to learn to be okay with that. And what's helpful is I understand my process when I'm disappointed, and I understand how to move through disappointment. And if and when something shows up in my responses that I'm surprised by, I can mentally check that and realize, okay, that's another way that I might act or react if and when I'm feeling disappointed. So that's what I want to talk about today is, you know, a few weeks back we talked about other people aren't all that surprising if we're willing to watch their patterns. The reality is we're not very surprising either if we're willing to watch our own patterns. And this was really, once again for me last week, kind of amplified. When I had a particularly, um, there was a specific thing that I was anticipating and it didn't happen. And often I feel let down and disappointment when that shows up. So I expect something to be true, it's not true, and then I experience disappointment. So I left work feeling super frustrated, and then this is the day where I go between the two offices. So I left our Grand Rapids office, and I went to the Granville office, and I was feeling frustrated. And it's also a pretty emotional season for me as I've transitioned away from a job that I very much love. I also have a lot of exciting things going on in life, and so there's just a lot of emotions that show up. So I'm leaving job one going to job two and feeling super frustrated. There's some emotion there. There's some anger there. Now, anger is the secondary emotion. It's what shows up when I don't want to kind of deal with the fact that I'm feeling disappointed, or maybe I haven't yet identified that it's disappointment that I'm actually feeling. So as I'm going through this process of being frustrated, I'm understanding, oh, Steph, right now you're feeling some disappointment. And so I get to the office and one of the things I do is I write for a blog called Relationship Matters. It's through Facebook. So Relationship Matters Women United. 
And so I write a little bit about feeling a lot of emotions and being frustrated. So the first action step in my frustration was to write about it. Now that helps me process through some of my feelings. The second thing I did was I did a video. And so I have my YouTube series that's launched and that's at West in Progress on YouTube. This really just sounds like a lot of different plugs for things and that's not the intention, but that's what I do when I'm feeling frustrated and something is out of my control. I do something that feels within my control. And so doing some sort of labor of love for things that I really like, like the blog or like the YouTube series, those are things that can channel some of the energy that's going on. And so I put together a YouTube video on emotions and why emotional expenditure can be really difficult because we don't know when it ends, Definitely check the video out. I think it's going to launch next week, Monday. But that was the second way that I kind of dealt with some of the big emotional upheaval that was going on. After I was done with that video, I sat in my chair and I cried for about five or 10 minutes because I really just felt overwhelmed. And I wanna remind you that when we have big emotions going on, usually there's chemicals that are flooding through our body and there's energy being generated. If anxiety is going, there's energy in the brain that's being generated. And often crying is a cathartic release for that energy. The energy goes somewhere and crying is one of the ways. So if I look, okay, Steph's disappointed. She does some writing, she does some speaking, some processing through it. And then I cried and so there was some processing through it kind of emotionally. And then I turned on some music for probably about 15 minutes. And that's another thing that I really like. I like music, I like rhythm, I like movement. By the end of about that half an hour processing session, so again, through, through writing and speaking and crying and music, I felt significantly better. Now, it doesn't mean that I didn't still have raw feelings, but what it meant was I had processed through it and I understand that that's how I process things. So emotions, they're energy in motion. And when we name it, we experience it and we respect the process that we have. That's where we're going to be able to move through things in a pretty helpful way. And one of the things to understand as I'm talking to you, and this is my process, I want to be clear that this is my process right now. And my process is something that over time has morphed repeatedly. The more skills that I bring in, the more I focus on emotional wellness, the more I work on relational wellness, the process changes. But this is my process right now. And the key is to not judge it. When I feel really big emotions, I've had to work so hard on not judging it, not suppressing it, not silver lining it, not pretending they don't exist. I just sit there and I say, I'm disappointed. And I write about being disappointed and I speak about being disappointed and I cry because I'm disappointed. And then I listen to music and then I just feel significantly better. So that's what I currently do. So the question is, can we change our process over time? Of course, that's what maturity actually is. That's also what I work with clients when they do intentional skill building and therapy. We ask the question, what is it that I would like to do? So what do I currently do? What would I like to do? And we build skills because our process matters. But one of the things we wanna do is we don't wanna judge where we're at right now. There are times when things are really big to me. And so the reaction, it tends to be bigger. But over time, I've noticed that as I just learn to respect the process that I have and just let it be, I end up processing through things and I'm even okay in the throes of it because I understand what's going on. 
And so that's something I've worked through with clients very intentionally. We try to pinpoint what is their, and I'm using the quote, normal process, meaning what's normal for them. So this last week I had a client come in and she was so relaxed and very celebratory about how she's handling a big stressor at work. And so I pointed out to her, I said, hey, I'm noticing that two weeks ago you were moderately rattled by this. Four weeks ago you were really over the top about this this stress that's going on. And most of those two sessions we spent lamenting and being frustrated about these expectations. But today's different. Tell me about that. And so she told me how things are leveling out and she's feeling more comfortable. And so I said, I wonder if it's okay if we put a little bit of a process together for you. So one of the things that we did was we put together a kind of a linear experience that she tends to have, and it looks something like this. First, she protests why something's not going to work. Next, she expresses a lot of overwhelm. Third, and this is where her action step starts, she begins to ask a lot of clarifying questions. Then she gets very kind of nose to the grindstone and starts trying new things, but she still continues to protest how overwhelming it is. Then she's going to, within a couple of weeks, report back that things are moderately manageable. And then within about four to six weeks, it's just second hat. It's just what she does. And she doesn't really look at it as an obstacle anymore. And so that's her typical process. And so as we understand that that's what she does, that's the movement that she goes through. Now, when new things come up for her, we prime her by saying, remember, you're going to tell yourself you can't do this and you're going to express overwhelm and you're going to ask a lot of clarifying questions because that's what you do. And so we go through her process reactively in this more recent situation so that in the future we can go through her process proactively and say, this is how you tend to do things. Does this sound like what might happen again? And can we be prepared for things like overwhelm and frustration and asking a lot of questions? Of course we can, because that's your process. Now, a typical process for many of us includes kind of three parts. It's going to include some thought patterns. So fear might show up, doubt might show up, guilt might show up, defensiveness might show up. Then we want to look at the physiological responses. So chemicals are going to rush us. We're going to have adrenaline. We're going to have the stress hormone cortisol. Those are physiological mechanisms at play, we can't change this, but we can acclimate to it and we can learn to tolerate it. So we prepare for that piece of the pattern as well. Then there's our historical behavioral patterns where we maybe in the past we've lashed out. Maybe in the past we shut down. Maybe in the past we withdraw. There's a whole host of things that we might historically do. So we want to look into our history and say, when something's challenging, what do we tend to do? The way this showed up this last week is I had a client who He did not want to hear what I had to say, but the problem is his life is on fire right now. And so I said to him, I said, we've got to look at what you're doing here in the room and understand how these same decisions play out in the real world and why we're having struggles right now. We call it using immediacy. And so we, he and I were having a conversation and he got very angry with me and he ripped up his paper in front of me. And I said to him, I said, I want to understand what's going on here. And he said, I'm ripping up my paper because if I don't do that, I'm going to do something more fierce and break something in the room here. And I said, okay, I understand that that's what you traditionally do. Is that what you want to still be true? Because here's my issue with this. Other people in your life aren't willing to speak truth to you because you'll rip things up or you'll damage things because that's your process right now. So we have to understand that's where I'm at right now. Is that what you still want to be true? That's why understanding our process matters because I can say to him, when you do A, I notice that B is the outcome. 
B seems to be something that causes a lot of trouble in your life. Do you still want that to be your behavior? What could we do to shift your process? But we can't even start shifting it until we speak truth into this is what I do. This is where I'm at right now. And then we ask the question, do I want it to be different? So that's the that's the thing I want to leave you with today. If you're able to identify your process, we tend to be able to move through our emotions in a much more succinct and helpful way. We don't overreact when big emotions show up because we understand that in our process, big emotions are going to show up and this is what it looks like for us. But my encouragement to you, so watch your patterns, look at what do I do, ask why is this my reaction, and number three, do I want it to be different? And if I do, might that be something I could ask for help with? I know that my reactions have changed significantly since I've invited people into my story to help me do better, to build new skills, and to do things differently. And I want to encourage you to learn your process and decide if you need help because you can make some changes too. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. Please share this content with friends and family. Feel free to connect with Stephanie at healingthroughpain21 at gmail.com. Until next time, be well.